This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Been fast and furious on today's show. We've been monitoring everything going on at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with the announcement of a GM Dave Ziegler now in the house and officially Josh McDaniels, the new head coach of the Silver and Black as well. Uh, been monitoring everything that's been going on with that presser. And one thing that Josh McDaniels said, he was very open about his time with the Broncos. He said, when I went to Denver, I knew a little bit of football. I didn't really know people and I failed. I didn't succeed at it. Looking at the experience has been one of the best things in my life. Uh, that's just according to uh, Michael Spencer on Twitter. Uh, he put that out. Again, that's something that Josh McDaniels just said a little while ago over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Now I want to talk to our next guest. I'm very excited about him because he might be a part of an event that's going on at Legion Stadium where you might see a couple Raiders come from, and that is the Shrine Bowl, the East-West Shrine Bowl. It's one of the best all-star showcases each and every year, and Bob Roller, National Director of Sports Management for the Shrine Bowl, joins us now. And Bob, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you. been excited to talk about you because the East-West Shrine Bowl is something I've been watching for years, and this thing went back to Sacramento, California. It went to Tampa Bay. I remember when it was actually even in Palo Alto, you know, for a quick uh, quick minute, and now it's here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Just uh, This thing has been going on for 97 years. How big of an event is this for those that might not know? So great to be with you today, and thank you for the opportunity on a big sports day in Las Vegas. But yes, it is. It's the 97th annual game. We'll have our 100th East-West Shrine Bowl in the year 25. And it's been on the West Coast for probably 75 of those years, made its way east uh, the past 10 or 12 years in Tampa St. Pete. But this past year, when we were able to partner with the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority and with the NFL and Pro Bowl to bring it to Allegiant Stadium, it's probably been the biggest shot in the arm that our event has had in the last uh, 20 years uh, and so it's just really exciting that we're going to be playing Thursday night at 5 o'clock here in Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, it, it really is. And we're going to be there live on scene. I'll be uh, doing my show, for this show that we're on right now, Unnecessary Roughness, live from Allegiant. So I'm excited about that. But, Bob, there's so many guys that get opportunities to play on the next level because of the Shrine Bowl, because of the showcase that they, that they put out there, especially the week leading up to the actual game, the week of practice that I know is going on right now. How big is it just having that opportunity with all those scouts and GMs and coaches that are in attendance it's huge and uh, this past weekend we had a record number of scouts in attendance we had over 550 scouts at our saturday and sunday practices that just line the field and watch these young men they interview them at our hotel they get to learn all about them and and this is it this is really when you watch the raiders next year um Three or four guys uh, are going to come from that team. Darren Waller, seven years ago, played in the East-West Shrine Bowl. There's always this unbelievable story in the year 2000 when the third-string uh, Shrine Bowl quarterback played in the fourth quarter of the East-West Shrine Bowl and got drafted in the sixth round. Just happened to be Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, he got, he was kind of good, huh? He turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And it, what was so funny is if you asked people running that game 20 years ago, who, are, who do you have in the game and who's your quarterback? They did not say Tom Brady. Right. 
Yes. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Again, there's a reason he went in the sixth round, and we all saw the rest of his history, but he did play in the Shrine Bowl, and, uh, you know, you can make your name for yourself. And, 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 Bob, to go a step further, it's not just the players that can make a, a name for themselves. There's a lot of coaches that are getting opportunities to coach these guys up that may not be head coaches right now but have aspirations to be head coaches. Absolutely. Right now, Marcus Brady with the offensive coordinator with the Colts and Danton Lynn with the Ravens are both uh, coaching our game this year, and both of them are aspiring head coaches that we'll read about in one of these general manager transactions in five or seven years. Right, exactly. We're talking right now with Bob Roller, National Director of Sports Management here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And so uh, as far as, just like I said, the opportunity goes, uh, what, are the, what are the scouts and the GMs and even the coaches that are coaching these young men up, what are they, what is the, what, well, I guess what the message is, what is the message that they're trying to, to, to relay to these guys and, and, and kind of show them about the NFL? Essentially, they, they've used the acronym of WIN all week with these young men. We have 130 players here from all across Division One and college athletics. What's important now mm-hmm. has been their theme all week, and it's just do what you can do right now. These scouts are watching you hustle every play. They want to see how you are in the dining hall and how you are getting on the bus. And um, it's, it's just amazing. Again, a, kind of a Bill Belichick analogy he, he has a lot of rings on his finger from getting guys in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round that right. you, find, you find in games like this. No, you, you absolutely do. Again, we're talking with Bob Roller here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Damon's got a question for you. Yeah, Bob, you mentioned that the players, that they're, they're getting interviewed throughout the week at the hotel. But do you guys give the players like maybe any tips or any like help with dealing with these interviews and how to go about them? Well, that's a great question. NFL legends are assigned to our game. Uh, there are four of them this year, Will Shields and Thomas Davis and Steven Jackson. Uh, are, they're all here this week meeting with these men. We have Ronaldo Wynn in town, a, mm. a former first-round draft choice who now lives in the Las Vegas area. So they mentor these young men throughout the week and speak with them. They, they speak with them every night about the interviews coming up and tell them, the mistakes they made. Darren Waller spoke to our team for 30 minutes Friday night. Wow. Talk, talked about how he was in St. Pete seven years ago, and I'm sure you all have heard his story, which yeah. is actually a and, – and he, he was very honest right. about what, what he was doing seven years ago, that, and he's lucky that he got drafted. And right. then later – so they do. They do that very much because it's, it's a lot it's, – it's not about 40 times nearly as much here as what else. They know they've got good 40 times or they wouldn't be in this game. Right, exactly. And Bob, I just, I mean, just talking about it, I can hear the, the pride in your voice when you talk about the Shrine Bowl and all the good stories that have come from the Shrine Bowl. How proud does it make you just to know that, hey, I'm a part of this and, and you see these guys succeed on Sundays later on and you know, hey, they came through the Shrine Bowl? Oh, absolutely. We were watching all the games this weekend, looking at our alums. And, and one thing that, that, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, the of everything that happens in this game goes back to Shriners Children's Mm -hmm. and to our hospital system. And the fact that these kids interact with the patients all week, that's another thing that we're very careful to do is that all week long these young men are interacting with our patients from across the Shriners Hospitals for Children network. And that's very fun. On on media day, I hope you'll be out here Wednesday and be able to to see how that goes. But we're we're very proud to see. I mean, it's Brett Favre, John Elway, Walter Payton, Larry Zonka. It just... 
Duncan, Lawrence Taylor, all those guys played in the East-West Shrine Bowl in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, I was there in Philadelphia right before the draft, and all the guys that were going to be in the green room were all at Shriners Hospital, and they were interacting with the kids. And you want to talk about something, one, that's heart heartfelt, you know, because you know right. it's, it's genuine. And these guys probably won't have an opportunity to interact with these young kids uh, ever again, you know, if they don't have an opportunity to go to this. But just to see the, the look on the kids' faces and the, the players themselves, they just I, I feel like that they don't think that they're NFL players players are going to be NFL players they're just normal humans and they just it's just like a heart heart warming moment when they when they get to interact with the kids and what's so fun in this uh, stadium this Thursday night our patients are in the win club wow. in those suites and so when <laughs> when the players score or intercept a pass they're told to go straight to the win club and celebrate with our patients. That's awesome. That's awesome. I ain't even. I haven't yeah. even celebrated in the That's win club amazing. yet. Yeah, I'm waiting That's on. Right. I'm waiting on that myself. My man Demon wanted to chime in again. Go ahead. Yeah, you kind of just dropped a slew of Hall of Famers there. You <laughs> the wind out of my question here, but I'm still going to ask it. Is there any player that maybe that you saw like, hey, I'm calling it right now because I seen him at the East West Shrine Bowl that this player right here is going to be somebody special. That's in our game this year. Oh no! In the past. Oh, absolutely. It was. It's kind of funny. Sometimes you think of the major names like like that I mentioned earlier: Brady, Favre, Peyton Manning. But what is very impressive is like the Taylor Heineke's of the world mm-hmm. who play in this game. And then, you know, three or four years later, they're playing for the Redskins. Things of that nature uh, make such a difference. Watch watching these games. I, um, the first-rounders are not playing in all-star games anymore. When the East-West Shrine Bowl was in Palo Alto, yeah. you know, the top nine draft picks were in that game. And as you all know now, they're either juniors now or they just don't need to play in this game. So right. it's, that's why 500 scouts are here to watch the third, fourth, and second-day draft picks. You know, Bob, I'll tell you, and I, I tell this story all the time, I was so excited to watch that game that was in Palo Alto when uh, Tommy Frazier played in it, and he had a heck of a performance, and because of blood clots, he wasn't able to go to the NFL, but uh, led right. his team from back, uh, from behind. He was the MVP that game, but that was a great story as well, and he, he just wasn't able to go on to the next level, but it, it was able to showcase him at least one more time on the highest level. Absolutely. You're right, and the crowds were amazing back then, and we sure hope that people's uh, Thursday will come out here. A lot of folks who might not have seen a game yet in Allegiant Stadium right. uh, have a have a chance to come to a game here with nineteen and thirty nine dollar tickets. Yeah, they're a lot more uh, reasonable than the Raider tickets. <laughs> so you might be able to get a family of four in there for a, a lot less than you would uh, a Raider game. And before we let you go, Bob, and this has been great, I do appreciate you. Uh, DeMond asked about a, a player from the past. How about a player now? Is there anybody that you got your eye on that you think is going to be special on the next level? Yes, we um, several that we've seen this week. Um, Jack Jones, a corner from Arizona State, is had a, having a great week. Uh, Brock Purdy has really shined. Uh, in a uh, quarterback from Iowa State, we've had names of that. And, and the linemen, I'm sorry to say that I can't all quote their names, but we've really had an influx of the uh, NFL scouts. Uh, very much impressed with the offensive and defensive linemen that we've had here this week. Um, we've been running around working so hard. I apologize on missing some of those names. <laughs> no, no worries. I know there's so many. I've been looking at the the Twitter accounts. I've been checking out all the players. You know, I, I came from Central Texas, and there's a lot of Baylor players represented there uh, that they're, I've been checking out. Down. Yeah, so I'll be there on Wednesday uh, to do the to, for the media day. I cannot wait. And then also, like I said, the show, this show, Unnecessary Roughness, will be live on location on Thursday as well. So we're going to get plenty of Shrine Bowl. We're going to get people loaded up with tickets so there'll be a lot of fans out there in attendance and we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon 
Thank you so much. Shrinebowl.com is uh, one of the Ticketmaster sites to get those tickets. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Bob. Great stuff. There it is. Shrinebowl.com. Check it out today. Get your tickets. Um, again, they're starting at $19. So you can get a family of four in there for a lot less than you can get even one Raider ticket. You know, And we have tickets to give out. Uh, we've been giving out family four-pack of tickets. We have more tickets that we'll be giving out a little bit later on in the show if you want to get hooked up to go to the Shrine Bowl. But many thanks to Bob Roller from the National Director of Sports Management from the Shrine Bowl. And again, there's going to be players that I witness on Thursday play football at Allegiant Stadium that are going to play at Allegiant Stadium professionally in 2022. You mark my words. There's going to be some professionals that come out of that game that will end up donning the silver and black. I, I feel very comfortable with saying that. 312 is the time. When we come back, we'll take your calls and your texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Locked On. I'm on my podcast now. I'm on the Raider Nation mm-hmm. listening line. <laughs> I'm on the wrong podcast, but that's all good. 702-360-9200. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team, and that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family, except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a few minutes before we hit Ed Graney from the ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal. He was live on the scene at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for the introductory press conference of Dave Ziegler and also head coach Josh McDaniels. It's been a fun show just kind of navigating through guests and also the presser just to see what's going on. Uh, So we're going to have your time right now. I haven't had a lot of time for listeners' calls, but we're going to get some right now at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R, Big Dub Raiders hit Q. How do you have time to listen to podcasts? LOL. I think Josh will do a great job with DC. Sucks he has to learn another playbook. Let's go Raiders. Uh, Also got a text from Big Deuce. Excited about this hires. Excited excited about this hire. Patriots do have a history of winning. Curious to see if McDaniels will run any Gronk and Hernandez packages for Waller and Moreau. That's from Big Deuce. And I, I think that that's a strong possibility. Now, I heard people saying Foster Moreau wasn't a very good player after everyone talked about how great a player he was. It's so funny how things change. You know, I don't think that Foster Moreau is the number one tight end. I don't. And I don't think that he would say that he's the number one tight end. But I think he'd be a damn good compliment to Darren Waller. And I think if used correctly, which is what I expected the Raiders to do when they drafted Foster Moreau and had Darren Waller, I thought, man, you could see packages similar to Gronk and Hernandez. Now, those guys were exceptional athletes. I mean, Hernandez was tight end, too, and that dude was a hell of an athlete. Now, he had some goon tendencies. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's definitely had tight end one talent. I mean, yeah, that guy, you're going to see him, or you would have seen him on another 48. I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, he would have been on that show. I get it. But, man, that dude was a hell of a player. He was a hell of an athlete. So he had the skills. And Gronk obviously has tight end one abilities as well. He'll walk into the Hall of Fame when he's done and ready to hang it up. So I do think that there's a chance for Waller and Moreau to be used similar to that. And especially if they come up with the number one wide receiver. I think that's one of the biggest keys. You've got to get a number one target as far as a wide receiver. Darren Waller, as great as he is, he, he shouldn't be your number one guy. As great as Hunter Renfro was this year, he shouldn't be your number one go-to guy. But if you combine all of that, you put it in a pot like gumbo. I know you expect you, you you could appreciate that, right, Demond? Throw oh, it yeah. in the pot. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I knew you would. You put it in a pot of gumbo, man. You're gonna make something special right there. I, I really do believe you have a chance to see some special things. 
Uh, I also saw a text here. I'm not sure the, who sent it in, but he said, I like how they acknowledge the importance of being pillars in the community. Also, that player evaluation is still going on with no commitments. Also, like how transparent he was. Didn't come off as brash as I've been hearing. Sounds good, look good. Now it's time to see good. That's right. Because like my grandmother said, it could sound good and feel good. Look good, sound good, feel good. Don't mean it is good. Got to see it on the field. So uh, we'll see exactly what happens. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, who do we got up first, Damon? Fargo Raider. Fargo. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Damon, Q, my cutties. How y'all doing today? Chilling, man. Chilling. Ah, same here. Same here. Uh, I'm going to say, I, I heard a lot of talk about hiring a, a new staff. You know, they mentioned it a few times. And uh, so my question would be with a whole new staff, how many of the free agents would want to stay? You know, I imagine a, a lot of the Gus guys uh, could, will question their fit in this in this possible new system if they get a new DC. Right. You know, we had heard reports that supposedly guys were looking to see whether the coaches would stay, and that would dictate whether they stayed or not. You know, and I'm also kind of concerned of how this will affect the young guys who are going to be on their third different system in as many years. I know, you know, it could be downplayed a little bit because it's not as, uh, it's not played as much, um, or how could I put it, as difficult as an offense to learn. Right. You know, because the concepts stay similar, but I, th- I think it could be impactful. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. You know, and it, it was encouraging to hear them say that because a lot of the stuff runs out of the nickel that they're not really too committed to switching from the four three to the three four since we've been historically a four three defense. Right. Um, I just I'm looking for some stability finally. You know. Right. It's been there's been too much turnover and and I'm really ready to to see us have systems in place for longer than three seasons on both sides of the ball. And the the show is first forty eight. First that's 48, right, another 48, 48 after 48, yeah. it's all the same. You know what I was talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, thank you guys for taking my call. You have a good one. All right, appreciate you, my man, no doubt about it. First 48, that's right, because if they don't find you in 48 hours, they don't find the killer, they're gone. That's right. Yeah, the odds dropped significantly. Yeah, I remember. That was that was one hours. of those fun shows I like. so thank you, Fargo. And I'll say this, when it comes to the defense, I think that that is important. Because there's certain guys that won't fit in certain schemes. That's what I was talking to Jordan Schultz about when we had him on in the first hour, uh, talking about this whole, you know, this whole new makeup that the the Raiders are going to go under. I don't know who's going to fit and who's not going to fit. But I'll say this: a lot of the guys that the Raiders had that are on one-year deals, a lot of those guys probably weren't going to come back anyway. Like there's a good chance that a Casey Hayward, for example, there's going to be a team that might want to roll out big money for him, like New England did with Nelson uh, Aguilar a, a year ago. I would let him go get that money. I think Casey Hayward was good. But I think you can get better. You know, don't don't just always settle for good. I liked what I saw from the defense. I was one of those that really pounded the table and said that they did a damn good job this year, and they did. Gus Bradley did an outstanding job. But could it be better? Yes. Outst- it, it could really be a lot better. So why not try to make it better? Also, when it goes to like, oh, what if these players leave? All of the players that are unrestricted free agent, unrestricted free agent contracts. You got Casey Hayward on the defense, Quinn Jefferson, Brandon Faison. Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, K.J. Wright, and Darius Phylon, and Desmond Trufant. Right. Desmond Trufant is an older dude. We're like, none of those guys, I don't think any of those guys are like, oh, it's not like you're like losing Like, you have Max. to have them. Yeah, you're right. not losing Max. You're not losing Unique. Right. And then you got Nate Hobbs still on the team. Right. Still got Trevon Morg. Yep. I feel like you still have those those corner pieces. 
Yep. Yeah, no, that, you do. that you would want to build your defense. You have around. guys to build around. Now, again, if you switch, if you switch schemes, there. you know how does that affect a guy like a Max Crosby? How does that fit a uh, unique and Gakwe? Those are questions that I do have that I'd like to kind of know the answer, and we'll have to see how that all shakes out when we find out who the defensive coordinator is going to be and what their plan is. But if you, what you have to do. No matter who the defensive coordinator is, what you have to do is recognize and, and, and acknowledge those guys that you just mentioned, Damon, as the key guys to build that defense around and do exactly that. You can fill in the pieces. You can fill in the side dishes later, but you have the main course. You have Ngakwe. You have Crosby. You know, you have Merrick. You have, uh, you have Hobbs. You have guys like that that are key pieces to that defense. Now how can you... You make it grow. That's what your job is, is to do. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? James and Henderson. James, right here in Henderson. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how you doing, Q? Bless, man. Bless. How you doing? I am doing good. Um, I, I just wanted to say I, I liked the press conference. I liked um, what I heard from uh, McDaniel. I thought he came across very humble, very open, very honest. Um, but I also want to caution that Introductory press conferences are where you know new hires are always going to be at their nicest. Yep, and we Agreed. we never know what we're gonna, what we're going to get right during the grind of a season. So um, that's the one point. And then uh, I thought Fargo Raider brought up a good question and a good point um, because when McDaniel mentioned that you know the you know the defenses were more like around that eighty five percent sub packages um, and those nickel coverages. You know, I kind of worry about, okay, well, you know, in Gus Bradley's defense, we didn't see a lot of K.J. Wright in uh, in nickel. Um, a guy like Benzel Perryman was great against the run, not so great against the pass. You know right. what happens with Josh Abram. So it's going to be very interesting, interesting to see how they build that defense because it does seem now that uh, Gus Bradley is taking interviews that he is not going to be returning as the Raiders' defensive coordinator. Um, but the one thing that I really liked above everything else, and it was one of the frustrations that, that myself and a lot of Raider Nation had, was how come no one um, did anything as far as in-game um, or in-situation in uh, changes to how they run the offense. And we saw how McDaniels was talking about, we need to make uh, adjustments, you know, not just after the half or after a game. We need to make adjustments after the first series or after after this play or that play. So I, I like a lot of what he said, um, but as I said in my text, look good, sound good. Now we need to see it to be good. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, that was your text. All right, he was he was quoting Grandma. I ain't mad at that. James sound like he could be the uh, All State, right? He sound like he could be the All State guy, right? Man, he's got a slow jam show lined up somewhere. Yo, man. His voice is very matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. James would be like, look here, Q. I'm going to need you to go ahead and uh, calm it on down and sit on in the corner and pay attention. I'd be like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. I got you. Yeah, man. James got a slow jam show. You got that coming up, man. Coming up. Turn off the lights. It's time to slow down. Get in a nice, warm, comfortable spot. Get you a glass of wine. Really send the move Ed Greeny. <laughs> <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> nah, Don't I, go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go nowhere. Ed Grainy is coming up next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We're going to hustle out to the campus of the Raiders, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, where we heard the presser for GM Dave Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels. Ed Graney joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas. And I understand you got a dying phone there. You're trying no. to you're trying to remain low tones. We appreciate your efforts, uh, Ed. So following the <laughs> following the presser, man, just going along with the presser, you heard Mark Davis, you heard Ziegler, you heard uh, Josh McDaniels. What was your biggest takeaway from the presser today? In two things, uh, Mark Davis ironically going the Patriot way to make these decisions and not being quiet about it. He's very open about how he's watched the Patriots for years. We know uh, the the animosity between the Raiders and the Patriots for on the field. But, you know, um, I gave Davis a lot of credit. Look, the Patriots have been really, really successful, and usually when you need to make decisions on things, you go to successful people and say hey, how, how they've done it. So he brought these two guys over for the Patriots. He said he loved how the Patriots have done things, how they've won, how they've adapted I thought that was really interesting. And I thought Josh McDaniels, you know, Q, the thing is, you know, do they win the press conference? Now, we're just going on face value today. But I thought he won the press conference in this way. He was very self-effacing, very willing to admit he's made mistakes in the past, very willing to admit he was too young in Denver and too immature, didn't know how to handle people. Now, maybe he thought he had to say that stuff coming in because, people, you know, that's what everybody's written about. But, you know, I'm going to take him at his word, and I thought he was really, really good today about – saying his mistakes of the past and how he's more ready this time for a job. Yeah, I, I saw. I thought that was a, a pretty interesting little nugget as well, saying he, he only knew a little bit about football at that time, wasn't really 100% well-versed and, and just kind of went into it, but now he's learned a lot. So I think that's all that Raider Nation could want is a guy that's learned a lot. But what did you think of Dave Ziegler when he talked about that, you know, the personnel, it, it goes through him. He's going to be the guy to make the final call. He should be. This is who. This is what the GM should do. And I like that he was very, you know, not stern about it, but he made it, you know, Tashawn asked the question, he made it very apparent that he's the last word. And you have to have a last word. We knew John Gruden had the last word before. You have to have a guy with the last word. I'm sure he's going to, look, he and McDaniels are going to talk about everything in the organization and when it comes to the draft and free agents and all that. But you have to have someone, if push comes to shove, and they're looking at each other in the draft room and one wants one guy and one wants the other, you have to have the GM make the final call. And I think that's going to help McDaniels. You know, in Denver, he had full control of the roster. It did not go well. He made some horrible trades that we know of. Hello, Tim Tebow. Right. Um, and it didn't go well for him. So, to me, let Josh McDaniels do what he does best and coach. Just let him coach mm-hmm. and uh, um, and let Dave Ziegler do his job as the GM, and then we'll know how it falls and, you know, if it goes well, you know, who gets the praise? And if it doesn't, who doesn't get the praise? Right. You know, that's that's real. It's about as real as it gets. And, Ed, one of the things that I pointed out, and I've been saying for a while, what I was excited about this hire was the fact that they're both coming in at the same time, similar to John Lynch and uh, and what they did with Kyle Shanahan as well in San Francisco, where they just came in, same expectations, same vision, same contract, everything. You get extension or you don't get extension. One of the two. You know what I mean? It's just I think that, that having that continuity is so important. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, they interviewed Dave Ziegler first, and Mark Davis told us afterwards, he asked every GM, okay, if you could name a head coach, who would you have? And I think it was obvious that Dave Ziegler said, I bring Josh McDaniels. So from the very first interview of Dave Ziegler, it was put out there that, you know, he wanted Josh McDaniels as his coach. And there is synergy between them. They played college football together. They're very, very good friends. I think they'll disagree on some things, which will be healthy and normal. You have to, you can't agree on everything. But there is a synergy between them that we saw today that I think is really good for the Raiders. And it's like McDaniel said, they know each other so well, it will, it will you know, 
increase the the learning process here. You know, they, they, he goes, we won't have to worry about terminology. We won't have to worry about what we want to do in certain situations. We know each other so well. And that will speed things up to where McDaniels can start looking at this roster, looking at his quarterback, looking at decisions that have to be made, and going forward and doing it in a, you know, probably a faster way than if they didn't know each other. Talking right now with Ed Grady here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond had a question. Yeah, Ed, we can't judge them on wins and losses yet because we haven't seen anything. But did they win the press conference? How did they work the room? Were you impressed by the combo? I think they won it, man. And if you saw them afterwards doing their one-on-ones, very cordial to everyone, very accepting to everyone, answered every question, didn't look like they wanted to get out of there. Um, Yeah, they won the press conference. And, you know, and that means something for the next 24 hours, and then it doesn't mean anything. Right. So, but for today, they won the press conference. Like I said, I go back to Josh McDaniels, very open about the mistakes he's made, and no one had to ask him. That's another thing about him. He brought this up, and he brought it up two or three times during the press conference that he was not mature. He's learned a lot in 12 years. He's a much better coach for it. He's going to know how to handle players better for it. I thought that was a really important step for him to make right away. Now he's done it, and he can go forward, and we'll see You know if – if the words equal actions. What did you think of the conversation about Carr when it was just, uh, I think maybe Hondo asked about getting a top five uh, quarterback, and he said he talked about Carr and then talked about they've, they've sat down, and I think Ziegler said they sat down and, and talked, and, and they're going to get to know each other, and that's the first step. Yeah, they have to get to know each other. I'm, I'm, I'm not absolutely convinced they've made a decision on that, and they probably shouldn't so far before they get to know him and talk to him and you know, wonder what they want in their quarterback for the next several years. Because obviously if they stay with them, I think you have to extend them. That's a huge, huge decision. Um, I did like the Mark Davis comment afterwards, which was one of the best throwaway lines that we'll ever have. When uh, we asked him about, someone asked him about Derek Carr and the extension, and Mark Davis flatly said, I was thinking about trading Carr. And then there was a long pause, and he said, David Carr, not Derek. I really like Derek. So that was one of the all-time great lines from Mark Davis. There you go. Mark Davis with the zinger. And, you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny because people to this day still call Derek David all the time. It's, yes. I mean, yes. he's been in the league eight years now, and they're still on a game. You'll hear, David Carr just drew a dime. I'm like, no, David Carr didn't do anything. Because David Carr talked too much. You <laughs> no, would he think didn't. he's the Raider quarterback. <laughs> well, but, and, and, yeah. and, and Mark knew we were going to use a quote, so he said, please be sure to get that last part in. I really like Derek. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, he's he ain't no dummy, man. He knew exactly what no. he was doing. And, and Ed, I wanted oh, yeah. to ask you this. I just had someone hit me up and say, was there any kind of conversation about when uh, assistants were going to start being named, or, or did they even not even go down that path? They didn't, but we got him to the side. Josh McDaniel said he's going to start uh, thinking about his staff right away. He's going to start uh, talking to the current, which is usually what happens. Um, look, new head coach, um, his, his franchise, now his team, usually that means uh, if it's not complete cleaning of the house, it means most cleaning of the house. He said he talked to Jess Bradley yesterday, didn't really expound on the conversation he had with him. So, you know, maybe something's there, but he did say to Paul Gutierrez of ESPN that he's going to start thinking about that, you know, pretty soon here. I'm sure he's already thought about it. I'm sure, you know, when you take a job like this, you already have in mind guys you right. want to bring with you. I mean, and he's probably mentioned them during the interview process. I mean, he probably has staff guys that he, you know, he's interested in bringing, probably starting in New England. Right, exactly. No, no doubt about it. And uh, final question for you is the defensive side of things. You did talk about him saying uh, that he met with Gus Bradley. Uh, how, how critical is it that they keep some continuity on that side of the ball so that Raiders, de- Raiders defense doesn't take a step back? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, they, you know, they were a lot better than they've been. They weren't great, but because they were so bad, it really kind of overemphasized, you know, hey, they improved a lot. Right. Um, I think they're pros. I think they wanted Rich Bisacci and they got Josh McDaniels, and they'll be fine, and they'll adapt because they're professionals. They get paid to play this game. They get paid a lot of money to play this game and to adapt. 
So whether it's, you know, uh, Gus Bradley, whether he brings in someone like Martindale, whether he brings in Gerard Mayer, you know, all these guys, all these names being floated out there, uh, pros can adapt, you know, that as well as anyone. And yeah. I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be fine. You know, he's going to play, you know, the nickel four uh, three. He talked about that because it's basically the defense of 80% of the time anyway. So he did get a little into that, but I, I, I expect if not wholesale changes, most changes. I just think when you're starting afresh and you're starting new, you want your own guys. And there's nothing like that. It's like the athletic director who wants his or her own basketball or football coach. You just you want people you feel comfortable with. And these guys get in this business of coaching, and they know that it's a year to year thing, man. It's year to year. Right. Exactly. No. And, and that's that's the that's the most important part. And again, I think that the pieces are there. The Max Crosby's, the Ngakwe's, the Merrigs, uh, the Nate Hobbs. They could build around that as long as they they kind of build around that and they let those guys do what they do really well. Then the defense should be in a in a pretty decent position. Well, yeah. Ed, thank you so much. I know your phone is dying. I do appreciate you. Uh, what you got uh, coming? Out, what you got coming out on the Review Journal in the press box that we should be on the lookout for? I'm going to write Mark Davis for today for the Review Journal, and tomorrow it'll be heavy Raider talk, obviously, with the hirings. And uh, 9 o'clock, tune in. We'll have uh, Golden Knights coach Pete DeBoer with us. Ooh, good All right. one. All right, good stuff. Ed, thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, fellas. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Graney, you want to talk about a trooper right there, a guy that's phone was dying. Went to the side room. I don't know how he didn't have a charger, though. Everyone, I said, everyone's I said you can't got ask to have Cassie. A, He's got like five coworkers there. Right. Nobody's trying to help him out. Like. Right. I know Vinny always has a charger with him. Sorry, Ed, you got to get your own. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> oh no, my brother, you've got to get your own. <laughs> We've had a lot of conversation about our slow jam conversation that we were having on here. It's pretty funny, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> no, let me get to that right now. Matter of fact, no. hold on. Uh, <laughs> Fargo Raider texted us at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Fargo Raider said James and Henderson to host the Art LeBeau Hour, getting shout out calls from Corcoran. Ha, Corcoran, that's the jail. I remember, hey man, when I did slow jam, no, when I did when I did slow jams at Q ninety seven in Fresno, we used to get calls from Corcoran Jail. I well, and I used to get calls from ladies that were shouting out their husbands or their boyfriends or their baby daddies that were in jail uh so yeah i know all about that but i was doing uh our show was called turn off the lights that's why i got a little experience with that man i know how to slow it on down we did have somebody hit us up and said that i, I said and i couldn't tell what they meant by it they said it on twitter uh, my man tony torres i think he has to uh, explain himself but uh yeah james james is gonna be that guy he's got the slow jam hour on lock let's see uh mailman raider max said q you're gonna pull all all of us uh, letter carriers to sleep with that voice. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the that's the you know that's the turn off the light voice. You can't be all hype and excited when you're doing turn off the lights. You know you got to have that thirty second great talk when you're leading into like Key Sweat. I'll give all my love to you. That long five and a half minute song. You know what I mean? You, I'm telling you. Oh, I know. Hey man, I know the ins and outs. Don't get me started. I throw some Joe to see on here. As as yet, was it as yet? No clue, buddy. You have no idea. Anyway, there's, no clue. hey man, there are some bangers that I used to. Uh, oh, I bet. I used to hit back in the day, man. Those those uh, slow jams, man. They'll they'll make it go. They'll make it do what it do. I'll try to tell you. Uh, we did get a text that said, "Why do you think number one wide receiver is going to be a top priority this offseason if the Patriots have almost never had a wide receiver number one in their offense?" Um, that's a good question. I just think that for the Raiders' offense, I'm not really talking about what the Patriots do. I'm talking about what the Raiders' offense is lacking. You tell me what they're lacking. I mean, and seriously, also, are, are, also, they, are they lacking a number one target or is it just me? I know. I think that one of like that deep threat, like the Patriots offense, you can, you can say that they didn't win with him, but the offense was a lot more fun when they had Randy Moss. Right. And they only had him, you know, that, that one stretch, you know, that was it. But I, I mean, that so, was like, that was Tom Brady's. Well, I mean, he it was a fantastic. Yeah. He, he defied age and even right. got better last year, but in his prime, right. 
that was like his best season up until that point. And I'm not saying that they have to have a Randy Moss. I'm just saying that they have to have a number one target that they can go to that's not just Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it's just it'd be it'd be a lot cooler if you did. I, I just I don't even think it'd be cooler. I think it's necessary. I think they, yeah, they no, need saying, to have people, that. Yeah, you could say like, oh, Renfro Waller, but it's right. just like, but wouldn't it be a lot better? Yeah, I mean, and, and look, Brian Edwards never developed into being the big time player that we thought he was going to do this year. He just didn't, especially after Ruggs uh, fell off. Then, then uh, you know, Brian Edwards really didn't wasn't that guy. Zay Jones is, you know, no disrespect, but he's probably wide receiver what four, four at best. I mean, and, and that's and that's okay. That's a good role. But he should have a number one car that is, should have a number one target, in my opinion. Uh, and it's funny because the very next text is from East Bay Raider Gray. Q, you're right on. We need a wide receiver one that could dominate outside the numbers. That'll open up the middle of the field to allow Waller and Renfro to eat. Hopefully, uh, JM can get that fixed. Josh McDaniels. As far as defense, they better fill those key pieces quick, fast, and in a hurry. As MD said, not a rebuild or a reload. Take it, not a rebuild. Uh, it's a reload. Take it to the next level. That should be our call for this season. East Bay Raider Gray. And I agree. I agree, and that's why I said that I think they need a, a, a big-time wide receiver, a big-time target, someone who other defenses have to prepare for. You know, I, I really think that they have to have someone that they can prepare for and know that that could be a legit threat. I know everyone's number one guy to go to is Devontae Adams. I don't think that that's going to necessarily happen. I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. But that doesn't mean that there's not other guys that they can go to and, and make that number one target. Hell, look what Joe Burrow's doing with the number one target in Jamar Chase. Now, he has other weapons on the field. Like Higgins, who had a hell of a game yesterday, but just having those different threats makes makes that offense that much more effective. If everyone, you know, if it's a third and eight and everyone knows, okay, they're going to go to Renfro or, or Waller, that kind of limits what you got going on. You've got to have that number one target, I believe. You got to have that number one target. So uh, that's just my thoughts. Uh, let's take one call and then we'll take a quick break. 702 365 9200. Who we got up? Shields up. Shields up. What's on your mind? How we doing, Q? Bless, man. Bless. How you doing? New era in Raider Nation, man. Yes, sir. Whether you like it, acknowledge it, or whatever, we got to roll with it, right? Exactly right. Okay. So I'll give you some positives and negatives real quick. Um, I agree with your uh, uh, your guest caller. The positives are this. I love that, uh, McDaniels. We talked about this the other night. This was your theme, accountability. Right. right? Yep. He was accountable. He addressed it. You know, he humbled himself. The other positive was that him – and uh, Ziegler's got their roles defined. It wasn't like Gruden, you know, and Mayock coming in, the big question mark. Right. So that's the positives. The negatives, the negatives is this. I, th- I saw, I heard a little uh, back and forth. I mean, I know David said reload and no rebuild, reload. Then I heard Ziegler said, well, this may take some time. I'm not worried about the offense. McDaniels can do the X and O's. If, if they if they get rid of Bradley, it's going to scrap the defense. And all players on all three levels were with him. Think about Hayward, the defensive line, and Perryman. Those are three key pieces. So I like to say it's not a rebuild, but when I look at the defense, if he doesn't come back, I think we're looking at a, a kind of a rebuild on the defense. But I am kind of confident with McDaniels and Carr on the offense. Thank you for taking my call, man. Shields up. <laughs> Appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I think the offense is going to be fine. And that would be my biggest concern as well as the defense. But I do think, like Ed Graney said, that they're going to run that, uh, you know, the nickel 4-3 uh, so much that there will still be guys in good position. You know what I'm saying? I think that there will be guys in really good positions where they can still make plays and, and play to their strengths. The biggest thing is you don't want to put Max Crosby in a position that he can't play. 
You know what I mean? You don't want to put Unique Ngakwe in a position where he's not effective. Those two guys have to continue to do what they do. You have guys like Nate Hobbs. You have guys like Trayvon Merrick who could do multiple things. I, I do think that that's, that's a positive, you know, and I don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. I don't think it's going to be Gus Bradley. That's just my gut feeling. Um, and I, I don't think that that's the biggest. I don't think that's a big problem. I just think that that's something that the Raiders, that team is going to have to overcome. Like, okay, hey, this is what direction we're going to go in with. This is going to be our leader. There's more good coaches out there that coach defense than just Gus Bradley. So it's not like he's the only guy that can get it done. They just got to get someone in there, as I mentioned, that'll play to the player's strength. Make sure that he puts them in position to be successful. And the one thing that Gus Bradley did really well was he simplified things and allowed the players just to go out there and play fast. That was one of the biggest things. As far as Hayward coming back, I'll honestly tell you right now, I don't think he's coming back anyway. I think someone team is going to try to give him a contract like they did with Nelly a year ago, and that was New England. They gave him a big-time contract. If you go back and look at the numbers, they didn't get their money's worth. I mean, you go back and look at the numbers, what Nelly did for the Patriots last season. They didn't get their money's worth. He had a much better season the year before with the Raiders. So, I mean, that's just a side note. These guys are going to go get their money. They took a one-year deal, like a Solomon Thomas. He took a one-year deal, prove-it deal. It's like Quentin Jefferson. They're on a one-year deal. You know, uh, Faison, he, he, he joined the Raiders from the Chargers practice squad, so he's trying to, trying to make some money. I mean, there's some guys there that you look at and you say, okay, if the Raiders don't get them back, they're, they're going to be okay. You know, Real quick, it, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, 37 catches last year, three touchdowns. Exactly. The lowest since his second year in the league. Exactly. And he got paid. Got the bag. He got the bag. And that's why I said before he ever left as a free agent, go ahead and let him go. Let him go. Not, And that wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but as John McClain tells us, and we'll talk to him tomorrow on the show, it's always contract years. Players always play a little bit above themselves. Because they know what's on the other end. The bag. The bag. They're trying to get the bag. So a guy like Casey Hayward, I think he's a damn good player. I know he's a guy that didn't have any interceptions. Or if he did, he had one. No, he had one interception this year. I would have liked to seen him get a couple more picks. But most likely, because he did play such tight, sticky coverage for the majority of the season, there's going to be a team that's going to offer him a lot of money in free agency. And I don't blame him for taking it. I really don't. I mean, that's you got to do it. You're only in the league for a handful of years if you're lucky. You got to get the money while you can. So I expect some guys that did really well for the Raiders on one-year deals to go elsewhere in free agency, even if, even if Gus Bradley were to come back. I heard David Carr talking about, well, if Gus doesn't come back, then this person's not coming back. This person, man, you don't have any idea who's coming back and for what reason. I guarantee you, some of these players will come back if they don't have the bag in front of them. You know that you got to have, you got to have teams out there that want to want to sign you to a long-term deal. Look how long Casey Hayward was on the open market before the Raiders got him. Sometimes guys uh, slip through the cracks as well. So uh, I, I just, it's one of those, I, I would caution and just say, let's just wait and see who the defensive coordinator is, what his plan of attack is, and who he looks at on the roster and says, okay, these are the guys that I could build around and I, I, I want to work back into the mix, and these are the guys that I don't. Raider Dom hit, hit me up on Twitter and said, Q, what I got from that press conference is build, build, build. So they're going to tear this roster apart, man. First shakeup. They trade Carr. I called it. This is going to be wild. Any and be worse than the Mac trade. What do you think? I, don't, I think you're completely wrong. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry to put it like that. I, I think you're absolutely wrong. I don't think that there's anything that has to do with tearing this thing down. There's no reason to tear it all the way down to the nuts and bolts and start over. Why would they do that? This team won 10 games and went to the playoffs. I don't think there's any reason for that. I think you're off on that one. Um, yeah, they're going to build it, but I think they're going to continue to build it for the long haul. That's what I think that Mike Mayock and John Gruden were attempting to do. 
built it for the long haul. So once they made the playoffs, they didn't have a five years in between their, their visits. They go consistently year after year. That does take building. I don't think that, I don't think that that's a bad thing. So we'll see. I just, I don't, I don't think that I don't think one, I don't think cars going anywhere, especially not this year. Uh, I, I believe that he'll definitely be playing. I don't know what they're going to do with his contract because he has no guaranteed money right now, but he's in the final year of his deal. So unless he decides to step away from the team, I think he'll play for the silver and black in 2022, but that's just me. So uh, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Who do we got up next, Ma? Let's go out to Raider Mike. Raider Mike, what's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, my man? I am elated. Nice. First, the devil retires. <laughs> the one that's triggered our 22 years of hell on the worst call in history. Then they step up and say it was a fumble. Their own people. This is just getting beautiful by the minute. There's no way DC's going anywhere. I mean, this is like uh, when uh, Bader took out Kenobi. You know, the hoodie. Even Kenobi had a hoodie on. So I'm loving life. This is perfect. This guy's got rings. It was a hard pill to swallow. I admit it. We talked all about it last week. But now that it's here, it feels good. It feels strong. And I don't think Devontae can stay in Green Bay. Okay. That's like $65 million between two players if they keep Rodgers. Right. And they're already $40 million already over the cap. So I see us either getting him or we're going to trade up and get the best receiver in the draft with whoever the partner we need to deal with. That's about all we need, and we need one right tackle. Get him in the second round. So I... Raider Nation, you should be elated. It's about comeuppance. The tide is turning. Avenging the worst call in history. Amazingly, that show's about to drop right before Brady, you know, at, after Brady retires. Because he's going to get an earful, and I'm going to love it. His own, his own organization said it was a fumble. So this is a pretty admiss. <laughs> Love the show, boys. Peace out. Later. Later. Speaking of the fumble and the tuck rule, uh, we will have coming up on, <laughs> on uh, what is it, Thursday? Is it Thursday that we have someone? Oh, I think Thursday we have some because ESPN's got the, the tuck rule 30 for 30 special coming up on the 6th. Okay. So we have somebody that's actually from the production of that show going to join the show on Thursday. So uh, just a little bit of programming note right there. It should be a, a lot of fun to get into that conversation. And uh, I think that that's all the time I have. Let me get to a couple quick texts. Uh, did Ziegler give Aguilar that money? That's Mailman Raider Max. Well, he was part of it. Yeah, absolutely. They sure were. They went out there and spent $160 plus million in free agency last season, which I think is good because they show that they don't mind going and getting the pieces that they need. They just didn't use them. They didn't use them. They went and got uh, spent two tight ends, you know, went and got uh, some tight ends in free agency, and they didn't use them as much as they, they should have. But, um, you know, they, were, they showed the willingness. My, I think my biggest thing is they, they uh, showed the willingness to spend that money. Uh, how about this text? What's up, y'all? Super excited about the new regime. Let's go. Also, shout out to my daughter, Allie. It's her 18th birthday. Already know I'm raising, I'm raising a Raider. Happy birthday, Allie. 18th birthday. Uh, that's a good one right there. Definitely appreciate that. You said we had one more call. 
Do I have time to get to Chris? Uh, no, nah, we got to wrap it up now. <laughs> All right. Well, Vinny Boston, yours coming up in the huddle. Chris in the Valley Joe, hold on, man. Vinny will get you off top of the show, I promise you. Uh, it's just been moving fast and furious around here. We do appreciate all the feedback and uh, everyone tuning in to Raider Nation Radio 920 when you get a chance. Vinny Boston, yours coming up next with In the Huddle. Uh, he's going to tell you everything that he learned while he was there on site at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center representing for Raider Nation Radio 920 loud and proud. We definitely appreciate Vinny for his efforts. So you'll hear all about that coming up next. Again, 4 to 6 p.m., Vinny holds it down in the huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm out. I'll holla.